hi, hello. Uh, I wish I had a banana. Hi, he hello. Um, we're thinking about bidding on defense contracts, and um, uh, we need we need to have your your latest penetration testing report, please, as well as all of your pen test reports going back uh, several years. Uh, hello, uh, hello. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. Uh, it is now mid -jan mid January already into 2024, and uh, <laughs> the the year is off uh, with a bang. Uh, Michigan won. Nick Saban retired. Pete Carroll is out in Seattle, and uh, <laughs> the the hits just keep on coming. And <laughs> the DoD dropped uh, an absolutely massive memo on the entire industry, clarifying the one of the great myths of DFARS cybersecurity compliance, the concept of FedRAMP moderate equivalency. And we're gonna talk about it. Dude, you had you had to kick off the episode with- I don't even with, like college football, but dude, people just, sure do seem upset. <laughs> yeah, let me, just take, let me just take this huge old club and beat this horse that's laying on the ground already, right? Let, let's see what's happening here. Dude, I, I let me tell you, we were riding such a high from the rule being released and all the things that go into it. We were like, you can't possibly top this, right? You're, there's there's no way that they're going to give us anything that's going to, I don't know, attract our attention and make us go from the rule to, ooh, look, a squirrel. Let's look at this, right? And, and this is exactly what happened, and justly yeah. so, because it's huge. Yeah, so... So real quick, before we get into everything, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, if you're listening to this in mid-January, comments on NIST SP-800-171 Revision 3, the final public draft, and the initial public draft of 171A Revision 3 are due on January 26th. NIST recently had a webinar. We'll link to the page where they post their slides. By the time they get the actual recording of their webinar up, the comments will probably already be due because they're not very fast about posting their videos. In that webinar, they said they expect Rev3 will be finally published as final, finally, uh, April, May of 2024. Uh, 172 Rev1 is their next project. They plan to have that published sometime before the end of 2024. As always, NIST tends to meet or exceed their anticipated deadlines. They underpromise, they overdeliver on their deadlines. So believe them when they say that. But we're going to see who the real NIST nerds are. Now that the CMMC rule specifies revision two rather than revision three, we're going to see who, uh, you know, who's about that life uh, when uh, when it looks like there's going to be a long time before CMMC talks about Rev3. Still don't know, but uh, submit your comments to NIST, everybody. If, if anything, CMMC is the weather, NIST revisions are climate change. So you need to pay attention to both. Yeah, it it's interesting now that how the timelines are going to fall within each other and that we'll have things that will keep us occupied, things of wonder, what's going to happen next um, with the constant revision cycles that these obviously are going to intertwine with one another. So yeah. uh, that'll be interesting to see how that pans out and how things you know, measure hey, out. Maybe 170, 172 revisions and 172A revisions around Christmas by the end of the year would just be another delightful series of Christmas presents. And do you know, everyone... <laughs> The FedRAMP memo was signed on December 21st, but it didn't get out and published until the first week in January. We were this close to having a FedRAMP memo under the tree right along with the CMMC rule. But boy, uh, 
did they strike a nerve with this FedRAMP memo? Because, you know, I tend to post on LinkedIn every once in a while. The posts tend to do okay. They do okay numbers. And the FedRAMP memo post, double the size in every metric of my post of the CMMC proposed rule just overnight. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, it's a big I'm, deal. I'm a huge believer in manifestation, as you know, right? And, and so, like, for you to be manifesting these things to happen around Christmas, because this is the third thing that I think that you have just said, you know what, possibly around Christmas time, we're going to have something that's going to occupy you besides listen, Yuletide and eggnog, right? Like, listen, if I do some 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 weird rituals on the solstice to the ancestors <laughs> to try to get the rule to come out, I didn't mean to summon a FedRAMP equivalency demon along with it. Close the portal, everybody. Close the portal. Okay. <laughs> I did not mean to open that coffin. <laughs> <Whoopsie> <laughs> like, like, yeah. I was just so curious, let's, okay? Let's talk about it really fast. Everyone needs to read the memo. It's not very long. Uh, it's only like two and a half pages. Uh, okay, so this FedRAMP memo came out, signed by the DOD CISO, and it says that it offers guidance and clarification for DFAR 7012, paragraph B, subparagraph 2, sub-subparagraph 2, sub-sub-subparagraph D, which says, if the contractor, and this is what DFAR 7012 says right now, this is what DFAR 7012 has said since 2016, everybody. If the contractor intends to use an external cloud service provider to store, process, or transmit any covered defense information in performance of this contract, the contractor shall the contractor shall require and ensure that the cloud service provider meets security requirements equivalent to those established by the government in the FedRAMP moderate baseline. And and that that sub 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 paragraph continues that cloud service provider complies with the requirements in paragraphs C through G of this clause, DFAR 7012, for cyber incident reporting, malicious software, media preservation and protection, access to additional information and equipment necessary for forensic analysis and cyber incident damage assessment. Paragraphs C through G of DFAR 712, nowhere in 800-171, Paragraphs C through G constrain the use of common commercial cloud services. This is why Microsoft created GCC and GCC High, because if you make the decision to put the DoD's data into commercial cloud, the cloud provider will not reciprocate the requirements to facilitate access, data retention, incident investigation, all those things that are obligated on you by the DoD. So they had to carve out a specific enclave where they would reciprocate those things in C through G. This is commonly why comparisons between other offerings out there and uh, GCC High tend to miss the mark because it isn't about meeting the requirements. It's about meeting paragraphs C through G first and then talking about the requirements. That's a story for another day. And that's but, also, yeah, but that, that's also why when you try to compare it to other clouds out there, not a whole bunch of other clouds that meet the same criteria that there are to compare it yeah. out there because it is yeah. already a hard standard to, to, to meet and maintain yeah. and we'll people link, aren't uh, willing to participate. We'll link to that Microsoft blog that they put out years ago now uh, in the wake of this new language in 7012 and you can read all about it. But the part that people are focused on with this memo, uh, mostly, uh, I mean, they still talk about C through G is the concept of equivalency. And just so everybody knows, 
the way to think about it is the FedRAMP moderate baseline, like all things in the world, apparently, all laws of physics ultimately derive back to 853, right? 800-171 and 800-172 are subsets of the 853 catalog, specifically subsets of the 853 moderate baseline. There mm -hmm. are portions of controls or some of the controls in their entirety represented in the baseline in 171 taken from the moderate baseline. It is a subset. The FedRAMP moderate baseline is a superset, if you will. It takes the moderate baseline and it adds things to the baseline. Last time I checked, it's somewhere north of 320, 325 controls. 325. The, 325. The newest FedRAMP uh, revision five moderate baselines uh, are out uh, to reflect the new revisions in 853 Rev5. That'll be important because we're going to talk about that in a second. So the memo says... The memo says that cloud service offerings must achieve 100% compliance, no POAMs, no plans of action and milestones permitted with the latest FedRAMP moderate security control baseline, which would be Rev 5, as uh, through an assessment conducted through an assessment conducted by a FedRAMP recognized 3PAO, which stands for third party assessment organization. And boy, are there a lot of conjunctions today. Uh, and there must be an absolute mountain of evidence presented, which is the majority of the memo, is the list of evidence known as a body of evidence, uh, including a lot of evidence that people just straight up will not have access to. <laughs> the kinds of sensitive information that need to be uh, you know, shown in a FedRAMP authorization package to the JAB, the, the, the people on Mount Olympus who make the authorization decision to allow FedRAMP or uh, cloud services to be FedRAMP uh, authorized uh, are not the kinds of things that you can just sort of be like, hi, hello. Uh, I wish I had a banana. Hi, hello. Um, we're thinking about bidding on defense contracts and um, uh, we need we need to have your, your latest penetration testing report, please, as well as all of your pen test reports going back uh, several years. Uh, hello? Uh, hello? <laughs> not going to happen. So the feasibility of achieving equivalency is maybe not uh, actually something that people can do. Your monthly web scan results, you know, like Sorry, for, all the, for all the, the, yeah, the monthly web scan results for all the Gen Z, Gen Alpha, Zalphas, uh, I'm the, as the proud parent of a Zalpha, uh, I, they hold phones like this now. Did you know that? Not like this. Like, oh, wait, what? Have you seen this? Quick tangent, everybody. If you ask someone who's if you ask someone who's under the age of thirteen, so what am hey, I? What what am I? Yeah, yeah we see how your hand, see how you're holding a you're holding a phone a phone like this with your hand cupped in a C. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else hold, was we'd be, we'd do this. Hello, hello. Yeah, because the phone used the to be are, long, dude. Like, yeah, but the kids are doing this now. So if you say, hey, how would you how would you signal that you're talking on the phone? They hold their their hand up to their face. For those just listening, my hand is in a is making a C shape rather than the hang loose shock sign uh, that you used to use to say that you're talking into the phone. It's a delightful, uh, uh, you know, handing of the baton between generations. Look it up on, on, well, don't look it up on TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Look it up on Instagram. Uh, anyways, anyways. <laughs> don't, do, don't point to the TikTok. <laughs> don't Jake, go to Jacob, TikTok. Yes. It, yeah. So, the, the, the biggest question was, what would equivalent be? And so when they defined equivalent, the mountain of evidence that you have to get there, one of the things that stands out the most. And so back in my day, when I had to walk uphill both ways to school in the snow, 
Um, and, and I was just cutting my teeth in cybersecurity. Like yeah, like this, apparently. <laughs> I, I've molded and evolved. Uh, but Jacob, <clears throat> I, I have a little bit of uh, experience with, with FedRAMP packages and preparing, Fed, preparing FedRAMP packages and things for and systems for authorization, right? And so the one thing that stood out to me and has stood out to many people is the 100% requirement, right? And the reason why this stands out and this is amazing is because I have prepared at least three dozen packages. Okay, maybe, you know, there's some people that probably have a lot. I've I've been involved in the preparation of three dozen packages with the authorization of three dozen different systems and in, in, in some mm -hmm. extent, right? I have never ever seen a 100 percent yeah ever yeah, exactly. right and the reason why is because putting 325 controls in place not everything is going to work harmoniously there's going yeah. to have to be alternative implementations there's going to have to be risk acceptance yeah. in the case of equivalency or in the case of a, a normal fed ramp authorization the person that accepts that risk is the sponsoring agency jacob you, yep, that's right. Who is the sponsoring agency if I'm becoming equivalent? Nobody. Who is accepting my risk on behalf of the government? Absolutely no one, which yep. means that no POAMs, no peace, 100%, absolutely impossible. It costs nearly a million dollars to prep a system for, for FedRAMP, uh, you know, roughly a million dollars yeah. to prep a system for FedRAMP, and you get some acceptance if right. your sponsor's cool. Hey, it, we've talked about this before. Just a few lines above this in uh, in paragraph B, it talks about what happens if a contractor can't or doesn't want to implement one of the requirements in 800-171. What do you do? Do you get to decide what an acceptable level of risk below the baseline is for somebody else's data? No, you do not. The government gets to decide, which is why your contract clause tells you you need to talk to the DOD CIO's office and get a risk accepted exception to the baseline, right? You yeah. don't get to make risk decisions on behalf of the government for their data. You are a steward of the government's data. And this is why when you look at the end of the memo, they say the onus is on the contractor to validate, the contractor acts as the approver, the contractor, not the cloud provider, will be held responsible. The contractor shall ensure the contractor, the contractor, the contractor. The memo is telling you that somebody made the decision to put the DOD's data in the cloud and somebody made the decision to put it in a non-FedRAMP authorized cloud offering. And that person was not the cloud provider. That person was the contractor. It sounds and like a lot of lines of CYA when it comes down to legal battles and, and, and who is responsible, right? Well, look, bro, we've already told you, you're responsible. You see that when contract? You, sign, CY, you better CYA because, yeah. <laughs> hey, because. That is a shirt. That, yeah, yeah, right. So because they're not, they're clearly not playing around. This is not yeah. a draft memo. This is not a draft rule. This is clarifying guidance. This is a new memo from uh, also Mount Olympus. I keep using that metaphor, so we're going to need some other mountains a... here. So I, this gets to the question, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? In my opinion, something clearly happened, right? Something clearly happened because, and we're going to talk about this in its relationship to CMMC, the CMMC proposed rule is just, it says basically what, you know, it adds a little bit more detail on top of DFAR 7012. Uh, but not really any more detail than is in the uh, procurement toolbox frequently asked questions clarifications on DFAR 7012. 
And then this memo comes out, uh, at, you know, well after the rule text had already been written and going through all the red tape, where they're like, no exceptions, all this evidence, we're checking, we're coming. Like, uh, some, but, something clearly uh, woke them up from six or seven years of 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 undefined bliss here. I feel I feel like that the, the reason or something that clearly happened or the, what woke them up is that people were asking for equivalency. So what would the DOD be able to you know say that this is you know managing risk here? This is the tolerance that we have with regards to the cloud service offerings that we're going to let you put our data in, right? And, yeah. and essentially saying that you know what our risk tolerance is. It's verified and it's validated by third-party organization yes. and it's put in the marketplace, right? Someone let us know in the comments, when was the last time that industry asked for clarification on a thing in a cyber regulation and the guidance was less restrictive than what people got <laughs> in the answer, right? Yeah. Their answers are always more restrictive. So, you know, when it comes to certain things, maybe it's better not to ask. And then you just sort of leave it up to the debate where you can make yeah. a case. And instead of being labeled, right, instead of being labeled as uh, you're not giving us anything that we want or you're not listening to the, the industry or what, what people are asking for, okay, you asked for equivalency. Here you go. You have it. However, good luck. You know, the, the boys over at Cooey Shop have a new shirt out, and it's just the definition of equivalent. And I think that they really hit the nail on the head here because the definition of equivalent is the same as... And so when they say make it equivalent to the FedRAMP moderate baseline, I've always thought that means at least all of the controls in the FedRAMP right. moderate baseline have to be shown to be implemented. Uh, you know, whether the other crazy uh, evidence is equivalent, I don't know about that. Whether 100% POAMs are equivalent, I don't know about that. That's a, that's a, that's a different yeah, issue. So but at least you have to show what's going on against a superset of controls. You talked about all of the your experience with FedRAMP packages. We both have experience working with companies in the DIB, and there's a lot of cloud offerings, cloud ERPs, cloud this, cloud that, SaaS apps that say we meet 171. We meet 171. Hey, I, hey, cloud offerings saying that you meet 171. No one cares. You have to meet FedRAMP, dude. FedRAMP moderate equivalency. How do you map to the 320 plus controls in the baseline? What are you going to do about this memo? Those cloud apps have an absolute enormous amount of CUI that have accumulated over the year. My God, that was crazy impressive how you just popped into the Ferris wheel or like silhouette monologue <laughs> right there, dude. It was nuts. But but it's the truth. Question, big question. And you kind of just touched on it right there, Jacob. I am a solutions provider. Um, I have a solution for CMMC and it's going to help you isolate all your CMMC but it's hosted on a FedRAMP authorized server, but my offering isn't FedRAMP authorized. Is that in compliance with DFAR 7012? The, the, the concept of the uh, shared responsibility model, right, needs to be taught in every school in America. It needs to be on billboards. At, like there needs to be a class when we need to bring, bring back shop class, bring back home ec, Bring back boys home act for sure. Nobody, nobody but, needs common core. Let's yeah. talk. <laughs> Stop with the long division and let's talk about the, the, the shared responsibility model. It's, it's the first thing that you learn about in the, uh, what's the free cert that they taught the free cloud, uh, cert that, that CSA puts out this, I think it's like the CCA, the cloud associate certification. Mm -hmm. 
it's free. Their book is, uh, you know, their guidance online is free. We'll link to it. The first chapter in that cert uh, is talking about how uh, there's a shared responsibility model here. If your app exists in a FedRAMP authorized cloud environment or on a platform, that does not mean that your app is authorized, right? Right. I'm looking at the camera again. I'm looking at you, cloud offerings, right? Just because your app is in GovCloud doesn't mean that you have an authorization. How are you meeting the all of these controls that you've been marketing people? Hello, the memo's out. What are you going to do? This How is, do you feel this, now that the memo's out? Listen, let us know is, in the comments. This is a serious situation, right? It this is, is but not, this is not this is not pending a rule. This is current guidance right now, and it's and a memo that's not changing. You can't comment on the memo. The memo can't budge. This is like they say in the memo. Dibcac is out there checking, right? If Dibcac mm -hmm. knocks on your door, if what are you going to tell them? Well, what if you tell them an answer and the answer isn't that our stuff is stored in a FedRAMP equivalent or FedRAMP moderate cloud? What is what happens then? This yeah. is strictly what false claims narrative, false claims. Listen, you know, <laughs> that's I'm not a lawyer. It's not never if we're not lawyers. Right. But it's just it, it's not good if you don't have a good answer. You, if you're using if you're putting their CUI into cloud offerings, you need to call somebody about what's going on and whether they know about mm -hmm. this memo. But anyways, to move on here, why did they come up with this concept in the first place? I remember back in the halcyon days of 2016, 2017, 2018, when DOD used to do in-person events where they would put out information. <laughs> Whoa, it was a different time. And they gave a whole presentation on FedRAMP moderate equivalency. We'll link to it. And they said they were doing this to be nice to everybody, right? The you asked for it. The rule is if you put, and this is not their rule, this is what FISMA ends up requiring of the government. If you put the data in the cloud, it has to be FedRAMP, right? So what are you going to do circa 2015, 2016 when this rule is coming out and you know that industry is going to use the cloud or should be able to use the cloud with this data? And there's only like half a dozen cloud authorized offerings. And even if there were a bunch at that time, industry didn't even have access to them, right? The, like these companies mm -hmm. are not going to give you access to the FedRAMP version, even if you could afford it. Uh, so they came up and they said, okay, like you can put the data in the cloud, just make it equivalent, just make the protections equivalent. And as we know, most people put data in the cloud and the concept of asking about their FedRAMP equivalency never comes up. Like most things involved with ITAR, DFARS, NIST controls, FedRAMP equivalency. This is yet another thing that until CMMC came around and started shining a flashlight on stuff, no one knew about. And this isn't even a thing that CMMC is making you do. This is a thing that DFARS makes you do. It's a thing that DFARS is clarifying that you need to do. And just like the situation with CMMC, it's a thing you said you did. It's a thing you said you did already, right? Which is why it's true. probably why people on LinkedIn are a little nervous. So, uh, you yeah, know, because up, yeah, they originally came up with this idea to make it easier to use the cloud. And meanwhile, DOD is sitting back and they're like, I don't understand why everybody's up in arms. Like for this is just reemphasizing things that we already said. And, you know, we said, actually, we, we've gone, we think in our minds a little more lenient. We, we, we know that the FedRAMP process is long and drawn out, which is one of the down, downfalls to it, right? It, it does take a while. It, it, it does take some yeah. time. 
Yeah. But um, we, we know that it's long and drawn out. And then that's causing for things like innovation to stop. And, and that's an, a question that I kind of want to bring up to you, Jacob, is the, the argument in, in, that, that we see in, in, out and about in the wild is that this pauses or this halts or, or slows down the progress of innovation in, in the eyes of the DOD. My reaction to that is, is that I'm all for innovation. I just don't think that being innovative, uh, as far as it goes with cloud service offerings and things like that, that don't have proper protections. Uh, I don't think the right arena for it is when it's handling national defense information and things that are supposed to give us a strategic advantage. It's just trade-offs. Me. It's trade-offs. Now, it's if trade-offs, it's a, right? yeah, if it's great, if it's an absolutely great product, it's going to make some money or eventually it's going to get funded or something's going I don't to know happen if, to where yeah. you can take on this, this, this burden. If right? the rule is equivalent is whatever people think that it should mean and people can accept risk on behalf of the government and we'll only worry about it after the fact because we may miss some innovative things. Uh, or the other choice is this is the minimum baseline. And if you are sufficiently innovative or critical, we'll make some exceptions. Come find us, right? I think I know which one the DOD is going to go with because clearly uh, based off what they're saying in the memo, they are clarifying that it needs to be this and who's responsible. So I wonder what could have happened to trigger a clarification of those two things, right? It's probably that as DibCAC has started looking around more and more in their time since their creation, they found the same thing that anybody else would find if you spend 30 seconds talking to companies in the Dib about where the data is going, it's flowing into the cloud and it's pretty much completely uncontrolled. So my question for you is this, is that, you know, we talked about like in FedRAMP, right? Sorry, I dropped something, but <laughs> we talk about in FedRAMP, uh, um, if you can't meet a specific control or if you have to deviate from the baseline, you reach out to the sponsoring organization or the, you know, the sponsor for your authorization and, and you say, Hey, can't meet this. Would you be willing to add that to the, the baseline deviations? Right. Um, what is it a possibility that I want to be innovative? I want to be a cloud innovator and I want to get an equivalency. Um, and I want to get equivalency as a part of this DOD memo, which means that the DOD technically would be the agency that's overseeing all of this. Can I send something like a, a like the same as a not applicable control to the DOD CIO's office and say, Hey, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get equivalent. Um, and I can't meet this particular control on the baseline. Would you accept that risk as a part of my authorization? Just like this is, this is exactly like why the DODs, the, the, the most annoying thing that people hear in the world of CMMC and DFARS is you should have already been doing it. The second most annoying thing is you got to talk to your customer, right? Yep. Like I don't, we don't know. I, we don't know what the, what the general rule of thumb is. The, the book answer of 171 DFARS 7012 compliance is if you need to deviate, you need to ask the CIO, mm-hmm. because that's who is the point of contact in your contract. Point of contact on here, it's signed by the CAO's office, but it's the FedRAMP office that's on. I don't know. That's why you, people need to pay attention because it's clearly going to be a point of emphasis for the refs now. And they're going to throw this flag every single time because they know it's an open issue every, every time they show up. But th- mm-hmm. this leads to the question, you know, this is a, a common uh, sentiment in the broader discourse around this memo so far. There's something that Scott Edwards of Summit 7 has been saying pretty loudly, they're clearly making it more difficult than getting a FedRAMP authorization in many ways. So will they even keep the concept of equivalency around at all? We know that DFAR 7012 is going to be revised in upcoming rulemaking this year. There's no law that says that they have to have the concept of equivalency. 
Like there's nothing out there that makes the DOD need to create some sort of caveat for data in the cloud. The rule is that data in the cloud needs to be in a FedRAMP authorized uh, environment. They were the ones that decided to be able to accept that risk. So are they signaling that, that you know, with 100% compliance, no POAMs, they're not willing to accept that risk? The, the deviation that they made with CMMC is, yeah, you get POAMs, except for this and except for this and except for this and not any of these and your score has to be this and you only get six months to close what's remaining. They don't have that 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 guidance on here where they'd say, yeah, these controls can be left out, but they have to be closed within a certain amount of time. And they don't exactly seem to be in the mood to add that guidance with another memo. So I wouldn't be surprised yes. to see equivalency just completely come out of DFAR 7012 when they revise it. We don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I um I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not particularly favoring either way, whether it goes away or doesn't. I just don't think it makes a difference whether it does or not, right? I th- well, because the I, DOD, I mean the is... DOD wins either way because either they get a FedRAMP authorized cloud being used or a FedRAMP equivalent, which now we know has more provisions in place. Probably might not work as good because we know when you put all the controls in place, things start breaking, right? So like, yeah. it's it's a, a big trade off for them, but. The other part of that is, is that they win in the fact that the data is getting secured and they win in the fact that they said, hey, the, the, the industry said we need equivalent. They were like, okay, here's equivalent. So yeah. you, we're giving it to you. You, you can't complain. You, we gave you food. Yeah. Don't, don't get mad if you're hungry. I think that it's, we don't know if it's going to go away or not. I would just say that compared to three weeks ago, the fact that it's a distinct possibility that FedRAMP equivalency would be deleted from 1712 is suddenly a thing that would not have been on... <laughs> my predictions list for 2024 if you would have asked me you know a couple of weeks ago right it's pretty pretty crazy turn of events yeah so in 2023 to release a memo that says that this is what equivalency is and then 2024 to update the rule and remove it might be a little far yeah. stretch but who yeah. knows it, there's no yeah. there's really no method to this madness right so um, well, well yeah, i don't know i don't i, I didn't know. i didn't have this on my bingo card so yeah. here we go like well speaking of rules speaking of rules did, it, did the cmmc proposed rule came out everybody i don't know if you've heard <laughs> and in that cmmc rule they talk about fedramp moderate equivalency but just to clarify just to reiterate like most things this is not cmmc's fault uh, the CMMC rule is probably going to be uh, changed in the final rule form to match the memo guidance. It'll probably incorporate it by reference uh, or it'll point to 72. Who knows? But CMMC is not the one that's, uh, you know, uh, running the show here. The The guidance in the CMMC rule is going to default to whatever 7012 and its orbiting memos happen to say. It's mentioned in the rule, but like I said, the text of the rule was written clearly before the text of this memo was written, which is why there's a disparity. So I would not uh, assume there was a poll on LinkedIn. Do you think the memo will match the rule? Do you think the rule will be updated to match the memo? A lot of people think that the memo will be updated to match the rule. I don't think that's the situation at all. So just just so you know, this is not a CMMC thing. Uh, CMMC is just, you know, the whipping boy, like always. Yeah, just take take the lashings, see what comes of it, and then hopefully it comes out, you know, like stronger on the other end. There you go. All righty, everybody. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the memo. Let us know what you think. We'll link to it below, and uh, we'll see what kind of craziness comes out next week. <laughs> see you later. And just so you know, see you, see you later is the equivalent to adios. <laughs>